Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-host, Mickey Turner. This is the other voice that you hear. Tim Foss. Of course, Ari Lillian Wall. This has been an extremely weird podcast. Getting dragged all day. So the bottom line is they, they don't have an answer to that. There's a reason they got signed to first team contracts. And if you're not going to give them respect for that, then have fun losing again next Very year. special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounders. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. Joining me today is a very special guest that I'm sure you will know well, uh, Brad Evans. Welcome to Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me? Oh, wow. Look at that. Broke this out the is, good mic. When you take a job with the Sounders <clears throat> after 12, uh, you know, 12 years, kind of with the club on and off. Yeah. They send you this mic. nice microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that is a, that's a, that's a good mic there. You got, uh, I was, I was not expecting that. So good. I'm glad you got us all, you're all, all up, but you, this is like your home recording studio. You are, like the face of the Sounders these days, exactly how you planned it four or five years ago, right? Yeah, just what I wanted to be doing is uh, <laughs> back in the spotlight in some capacity. Just how I drew up retirement. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I didn't prep you for this one, but I'll, I'll throw you a curveball. The last conversation you had with Garth uh, before you left and went to Sporting Kansas City, you remember? do you remember that you did that? When you I went to Sporting City? Kansas City, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh did you ever imagine that you would be back like the face of the franchise no i think i've had beyond so many conversations with chad in a in a hotel room just saying you just want to fall off the face of the earth right and uh just kind of be done with the with the whole thing right like you you do get burnt out and even though you like love what you're doing you 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 do get burnt out and um i didn't expect really to be kind of in this role but you know, I, I had a couple job offers last year and I was deciding between this and a tech job. And for some reason, even though, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, my friend runs the company and he was going to set me up and it was going to be cool, I'm sure. But something kept drawing me back to soccer and I don't know what it was, but maybe it was enough time away and time off uh, during the road trip. And then, you know, for the better part of 2019, it, um, you know, I kind of got sucked back in and kind of found a new love for it. And, uh, you know, speaking with the club, I think it was a role that was uh, just fitting uh, for, for what I wanted to do. I could basically create my own hours and, and have quirky ideas of what we should do. And um, like we talked about before, I just say yes to everything, whatever they want. Yeah. And it's yeah, been, it's been fun. It's been fun. Well, it's been fun watching from a distance and kind of touch, keeping in touch with you through this. Cause You've definitely done some interesting projects. You do seem to have kind of carved out a role for yourself that was not like an existing role and you have clearly embraced it. Like the whole driving around town in a Sounders bus, uh, Sounders van, <laughs> handing out uh, season ticket packages. That was the best day. That was the best day. It came to your house. You did. Yeah, that was, was house, a, I don't know how my name got picked, but that was a nice surprise uh, for sure. It that was really fun. And we just talked about it um, at the game 
that things are opening up now. So we're going to get back out into the van and, and try to make nice, make a couple more runs and do something kind of fun and quirky. But honestly, the, I didn't think about this when I took the job, but I think there's probably only like one or two like brand ambassadors in the league. Yeah. And I don't even think they really do anything to be honest. Not, I guarantee they aren't doing as much as you. <laughs> right. And so I think, you know, I've set the bar and I think MLS, other MLS clubs can kind of take notice and say, Hey, let's not be so serious and let's, you know, have yeah. fun and, and, and have a person who's like Kenny Cooper, for example, back in Dallas, like he would be a fantastic brand ambassador. Cause he's going to say yes to everything. He's going to go to all the events. He's great with kids. He loves that club. Right. Um, but these MLS clubs just constantly shoot themselves in the foot and they cannot think, yes, it's an investment in the player now, but what it will do to, you know, continuing that bond between the club and, and its fans is something that you like, you can't monetize that in any way. You can't, you know, say that, oh, that wasn't a great experience because I think every fan that I've interacted with has had a great time and that all adds to the yeah. whole experience and, and role. Absolutely. Uh, how the Columbus crew probably spent millions of dollars on a rebrand they ended up binning, uh, but apparently haven't reached out to Chad Marshall to come out yeah. and be their uh, brand ambassador. Chad, well, they've got Frankie Hayduck uh, oh, that's right. out they there rat, they... ratting around the city in multiple that's capacities. Right. But That's a good point. You know, Chad's another story. We'll, we'll save Chad for another Yeah, we, we can definitely do that. Uh, <laughs> so while we're on this subject, I'm, I'm curious – you were teammates with Clint Dempsey for many years. I think yeah. you spent at least four or five seasons uh, with him, both on the national team and the Sounders. He was someone who I think we all expected to disappear and never be heard from again after he retired. In fact, that was almost what he promised by not saying anything. That's essentially what he promised to do in a, in a weird way. And yet, mm -hmm. you know, we saw him at the Champions League uh, interviewing Christian Pulisic. And now he's going to be, I think he's on tonight's broadcast for Nations League. What's your... Were you surprised that he got the itch to get back or could you feel like, no, I knew what he was going through and he maybe was even going through on a different level? Um, I, I would honestly say I, I probably see both sides of it. Um, Clint's like a, he's a really good speaker and he's got so much experience. He's a great storyteller. Also, when you really sit down with him and have a conversation, like he's articulate, he can tell a story. He's got, an insane memory also he can remember every touch he's ever had most number nines can right like that's all about them most of the time um <laughs> but his his memory is fantastic um he's been through multiple coaches multiple leagues there's no reason why he shouldn't be doing broadcast um but then i experienced in the locker room like a guy walking off the field at practice because he was angry right and then it's like okay well wait a minute are you gonna leave or are you gonna stay and hang out. And apparently he's back to come and hang out and do, and do broadcast. And, uh, you know, actually we were talking about it on uh, the side-by-side -side podcast today. And Steve said that he, he had talked to him and, uh, and Clint said that, yeah, if it was the right setting, like a big event, I'll do it. Mm. And uh, obviously he stays true to his word because these are uh, some, some pretty big instances to, to interview Christian and, and also, um, you know, be commentating tonight. So I'm, I'm excited and uh, I'm glad he's back in the fold because he's an icon for so many players. And yeah. uh, especially it's great to see. It's great for like young U S fans to get a taste of that. Maybe didn't get to see him play or see him like later in his career, get a sense of like who the person is and he'll be able to talk about 
his experiences and his history at certain clubs. And I think it might open people's eyes and trust him when he's speaking that, Oh yeah, that's how it went. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could see it going. I mean, I'm actually more confident that he will be really good than really bad. I feel like it was destined to be one of those two things though. Hmm. Uh, But I think he, I'm, I'm becoming more convinced that he's going to actually just be really good. And then five years from now, we're going to be, it's going to be a matter of like, how into it is he like that hard to say, but like, I could see him being a very, uh, a very interesting and compelling commentator on the game and who knows where it ends up going, but it did like, he did that interview with uh, Beasley and on Yewu. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And you could see that he was clearly bristling at the idea of being an Uber driver for his kids. (laughs) (laughs) Like he had kind of like, you know, being a retired dad of a bunch of kids, maybe you want something else going on. Well, when you're playing and you got five kids, it's different, right? You get right. six or seven hours to yourself. <laughs> you get to sit in a hot tub, get a massage, sit in a sauna. Someone makes you lunch. And now right. he's making lunch for everyone every right. single day, right? Right. And probably for the first six months or a year, it was like, this is the best. And then after that, oh, yeah. it was like, oh, I don't know if it was the best. <laughs> no, dude, it's the same thing. It's like when I retired it was like i want to do nothing uh-huh and it was great to travel but then we got back to seattle where it's like okay back to reality right and i did nothing for quite a while and i ran through south park probably like five times the office <laughs> and it was like i cannot sit here and watch these shows anymore i have to do something and i don't have five kids i don't even have a dog so i can't <laughs> imagine like having five kids any excuse to get out of the house right right it's yeah it's it's actually really interesting yeah, while, while you're playing, you're just like, I would just love to do nothing. Yeah, but then you do nothing, and you're like, man, I got to do something. Yeah, finding that like right balance is probably something he's figuring out now. I'm sure. I'm sure. So uh, on the on the commentating tip, you joined the the Sounders broadcast this last or the radio broadcast. You guys had a players only uh, radio broadcast. What did you think of of that side of things? Uh, yeah, great. Great. I, I really enjoyed radio. Uh, I didn't have too much to say throughout the game. It was, uh, it was, <laughs> you know, as usual, the Casey and, and Steve show, but the, um, it's a little, it's just so much different than TV and, and even listening to, to, to a play by play on TV is so much different than radio. Uh, you really got to be on your, on your toes watching, watching that game. And I think it's actually a bit more intense maybe than TV. You, you probably have to be more animated on TV, uh, but you can kind of have more conversation because people are watching the play by play. That's great. Sure. But you have to think about being conscious that people are not able to see what you're seeing. So how do you relay that? And how do you say, yes, I understand that there's a play by play. The ball went from X to Y to Z, but why is that happening? And uh, what is the other team doing that's allowing that, you know, the sounders to be able to do that or vice versa. So I don't know, maybe, maybe it's something we do in the future or maybe never again. I, it's not like I'm married to either one of them. Uh, if the opportunity comes up, I, yeah, I would jump on it. Um, it's a bit more relaxed for sure. There's no rehearsal. It's just, Hey, talk about the game. Let this guy do play by play. Great. That's easy enough. Right. Yeah. You know, just don't make fool of yourself and uh, know when to kind of stop talking and welcome to any feedback from anyone. I've heard far worse from, just about every coach I've ever had or Portland fan. So <laughs> right. nothing, nothing you could tell me is anything I can't take. What did you think of the Sounders uh, performance in that game? Uh... Yeah. Uh, drab. I said it today also on, on our podcast, just um, 
lacking uh, lacking a final quality. I think we yeah. got in, in in good positions on the field, but that mm-hmm. final third was lacking. And just like the week before, I think. Yep. Um, and and we asked a question last week, like if you're Schmetz, what do you do on the field to motivate these guys and get them firing on all cylinders in the final third? Because we're not going to get scored on, and we're not going to give up that many chances. Which means we're going to have the ball. In this game, yes, we had a lot of possession, and others not so much. But in this game, if we're going to retain possession, you know where you're going to against an expansion side at Lumen Field, like no matter what. Yep. Uh, even if it's not like our season mo. But how do we convert though that that uh, possession into real opportunities? And just couldn't couldn't figure it out on the night. And really, it was just the last pass. Um, yeah, you know, so. I I thought in this game and in the previous game. The Sounders did a good job of getting themselves into transition moments, but Jen not being able to complete those transitions. And they had been yeah. so good in those those transition moments the first six games. And and then in these two, they just were, you know, that final ball was missing, the final run was missing, uh, you know, just didn't didn't weren't able to put it put it together all the way. And they weren't even getting the shot, you know, like they weren't even creating shots from a lot of those chances, right. but they were getting themselves into the positions to. Yeah. That's, that's the most frustrating thing is when you're on the field and you get into advanced positions, like, okay. The one that sticks out to me is in the first half, Brad Smith mm-hmm. with that cross, like that's a cross with, that he's got. Is, is he's got Rudy is in yeah. behind. All he has to do right. is kind of square the ball. Right. That's gotta be a 10 out of 10. It's, it's literally just a pass. Right. And when you see that happen, you know, it's just not going to be your night most of the time. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one to to kind of watch and then see them not really develop any other super clear cut chances after that. Yes, we had the one offsides, which is which was a great ball finally, right? But if that ball is in the first half, then these little moments and everyone listening knows it's like the smallest moments can change the course of an entire game because we could be sitting here if they finish that chance and be talking about a three nothing victory. Yeah, um, you know, and what a great ball from Brad, right? That's what we could right. be talking about, and it's literally like six inches to a foot can change the course of an entire game and a conversation about the sport, which is, um, I guess that's every sport, but in soccer to us, it seems more evident. Yeah. And I mean, even if they, even if, if Rui Diaz stays on side on the, the goal that got ruled out, if they score that, I think that changes the narrative. Even if that's the only goal they they score. I mean, I think you're still frustrated about, Oh, well they didn't create as many chances I would have liked, but I think it would have totally changed the way we were talking. Yeah, I mean, Christian, that. past couple of weeks, Christian, and it was probably, he would tell you this, hasn't been on his game, which is weird because yeah, over the course of nine days, they had three games and Christian was fantastic. And now you play two games in 14 right. and he didn't seem the same. Yeah. Maybe he's got maybe he's got a knock, maybe it's something at home or or just, you know, fatigue, whatever it is from putting so much effort into those three games. Um, but you kind of saw that a little bit of lack of focus and uh, quality that we're not used to seeing missed passes uh, in good positions on the field. Did you find that was something that would happen? Like you guys had a few years where you were playing because you were in champions league before, because you had long open cup runs. You guys had these three game weeks all the time or three games in nine days, like those kinds of, and then would you find that it's sometimes hard to come down? Like you get yourself so up for that run of games that sometimes you can't help but kind of come down off for sure. You have a more regular pace. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's a, you know, who can do that the best throughout the season is supporter shield winner. 
And right. for whatever reason, some teams figured out, maybe they stay healthier longer than most, or maybe their roster's a bit deeper. Strength of schedule maybe isn't what it is for other teams that are facing similar uh, competitions. But yeah, I mean, I remember time flying to, uh, we had a home game on a Saturday, Sunday, fly to Boston, train Monday, Tuesday, play midweek, then like fly down to uh, Trinidad and Tobago or something crazy. Some what those three cities somewhere in between, maybe it was a Trinidad in between or something like that, but it was like literally going around the U S and down into basically Trinidad is, is South America when you look at a map. Yeah. And it was so brutal. And there were points where we would leave on a Monday for champions league and fly to Dallas, stay the night, train there on Tuesday, fly down to, uh, whatever Central American Guatemala. Uh, Central American country and play a game right. and then have to fly to a different MLS city to play. Yeah, those are really hard, but you're always up for those games because they're opponents that you've never faced before. Right. And yeah, you're, well, you know, you're flying. Yeah, no, it's been it's it's always fascinating to see how that that plays out because you're right that it's balancing that stuff ends up being the difference between a supporter shield winner and you know, uh Going barely the making the playoffs. Barely make the playoffs. Sometimes you're right. Yeah. Uh, so moving into other areas, you you are uh, we're we're now in Pride Pride Month, uh, and you are essentially the the Sounders face of Pride Month, uh, doing all sorts of stuff. You've been involved with. You were one of the original. You were, I guess, the original kind of face of Pride Month for the Sounders, and it sounds like that goes. Not as far back as I would have thought, but 2017. Yeah. Uh, what What's going on this year? Does this year feel any different than than years past for whatever reason? Uh, so yeah, being I guess the the face of Sounders Pride. Um, you know, I was one of the first to wear the the rainbow armband. Yeah, and that was really special for me. Um. And I can't really pinpoint why it was special, but, you know, I mean, I've talked about it a million times is, is just um, building a locker room means, you know, you're, you're accepting of everyone that's in there, no matter who they are, how they identify, or, you know, even what they stand for sometimes, like maybe it's not even something you agree with, but to win in a sports team, you have to be accepting of all those things. And it's easier in sports to, look at someone that doesn't agree with you about maybe politics or whatever it is and throw that out the window and go compete because you're all working for the same goal. Um, so yes, there's a lot of parallels between that and, you know, kind of what we've been going through over the past, you know, year plus. Um, but when it came to pride month, it was a, it was a no brainer for me. Um, you know, not that I have any like, I guess, real life connection to anyone uh, specific, like a family member or someone who I grew up with that um, is in that community. But I just felt that everyone deserves a fair shot. And to recognize that on our stage is was super important to me and uh, as a club too, which I thought was really cool. So it was cool to be on board with that in, in 2017 and be a part of that panel to, you know, bring all the sports teams together with some notable figures and um, you know, talk about the things that mean mean a lot to us, and and human rights obviously are um, at the top of that list. Yeah, one of the things I think that's interesting about the way that the Sounders have participated in this 
and this is you you alluded to it's kind of been the way it's been since the start is it's been not just the sounders doing something on their own not this them reaching out to a local organization but partnering with basically all the other sports teams in the area you know this year it's it's the kraken it's rain it's uh the mariners seahawks storm uh that's a, I don't know how it is in other cities, but that seems pretty notable that everyone is on board and everyone is doing their own thing and all kind of, you know, bringing awareness to this. That's a good question. I don't know. Is it just a cultural thing of, of our city or is it the leadership of each one of those teams that are kind of on the same page? Maybe it's a perfect storm of all those things. Um, having players who are outspoken on those rights also. Right. Uh, I think it's it was really just like a perfect storm um or a seattle storm if you will right <laughs> and uh yeah i, I you know it's just really cool to be a part of because i just like seeing people be happy also yeah. and that's like the easiest way to make people happy is to make them feel like they belong and if you're talking about a team and you want a team to win you have to have everyone everyone's got to be happy and want to be there, right? And ultimately, yes, it's a sports team, but this community in Seattle is a team also. And the more we can get on the same page by education and feeling included, the happier everyone's going to be. Um, so I think that's a step in the in the right direction. As we talk about, you know, every year this, you know, these issues come up and they're ever evolving, and we're mm-hmm. adding to them every single year also. And our eyes are being opened by other events every single year, every month, it seems. And that's evolving. And to be a part of it has been really fun. And to be back with the organization doing it is, um, and the people that at the Sounders that are involved in it on a daily basis has been really fun too. You know, one of the organizations that you, that the Sounders have, have been working with a lot uh, over the last year is the Intentionalist. And it looks like this month they are moving from, uh, from working like they, I, they, they've worked with like black owned companies in the past. They've, uh, I feel like they've done some other, uh, yeah. programs like that, but I, I assume what, what are, do you, do you know much about what, what's going on? Yeah. With so, this? um, yeah, Laura Kleiss, who I met actually, um, through athlete ally, uh, she was a big, uh, part of that panel that we did in 2017 and our relationship kind of built from there. And, Anything she asked me to do, I'd say yes, uh, for the for the most part. And she'd been working on this intentionalist for quite a while, but it allows people to basically buy gift cards uh, for the establishments that, th- that they care about most, but they can also sort through um, LGBTQ owned businesses, black, uh, minority owned businesses, wh- whatever it is. Um, and it's a way to not like, we all know that we could go to Target and buy things. But if we want to be intentional about how we buy and, and support our neighborhood and the establishments and especially small mom and pop establishments that we care about the most, we need a way to do that. And this is a great way. You put in your zip code and it will tell you every establishment in your area so that you can make uh, intentional conscious decisions about where you're purchasing from that really affect your community. Um, because ultimately some of these places will be driven out by you know, a Starbucks, not to say that Starbucks bad, but that mentality of like a Starbucks moving in and taking over something. Right. Yeah. Um, or a big, you know, McDonald's or whatever, uh, a Walmart coming in and just right. getting rid of everything. 
So Laura's done a fantastic job of reaching out to so many different restaurants in Seattle. It's unreal. And it's been a great resource for me. And she's included me on a number of like, I would call them field trips where we're going to go to, you know, South Burien and go to a Honduran restaurant. And we're just going to eat and talk about soccer and learn more about the, the women that own it and how they got to the U S and, you know, and it's incredible nobody will let us pay for any food. Every time we walk in a restaurant together, the people there just shove food at us. It's constant. It's, they need the support more than I need the food, but it's (laughs) something about that, like welcoming, thankful. uh, This is how we break bread. And it, dude, it's this whole culture that I didn't understand before hooking up with Laura Kleiss and doing these little um, excursions and her, uh, it, it was just awesome, man. And we got to try. There's so much good food here in Seattle that most of us are missing out on. Yeah, so um, I would think especially South King County. Oh, yeah. South King County. Exactly. That's where it's all at. You get in around the airport even. Right. And it's just, it's awesome. There's like a little food hall there with, and women only own the businesses in there and they rotate every Willow, couple right? days. Bro. It was awesome. There's There's one place in there in particular. I think it's Vietnamese maybe. But if that was in Kirkland, there's no other restaurant I would ever eat at again. <laughs> well, if you want to check it out, uh, intentionalist.com uh, this month, it's uh, slash spend with pride is the is the uh, is the URL that people can check out. I, I like that. It's easy to say that you don't have to. Yeah, you don't get mixed up with that too much. Uh, so the other thing that, that you've got going on right now is. We call it a platform. We call it an app. We call it a, what, what, how would you describe this, this new project that you're doing? It's not an app because Apple takes massive percentage of all your stuff. Of course Uh, it is a platform. Yeah. We're calling it a platform. It's a, it's an auction based platform. Um, It's called contrib and it allows athletes, um, musicians, uh, basically any influencer that, that we verify through a couple different ways. Uh, to post memorabilia, but the cool part about it is that they get to choose uh, a nonprofit of their choice where they want the funds to go to. And so we kind of facilitate that, get the nonprofits onboarded, get them connected through our merchant payment. And when that transaction is made, um, that money is sent um, to that nonprofit. And we take a small percentage to try and keep this thing going for as long as possible and get as many athletes onboarded as we can. Um, it's been the craziest process, but we're at a point now where the first item was up for auction and um, hoping to get more athletes. Um, I mean, Jordan, Christian, you know, Steph, all these guys on boarded as quick as possible to, to start getting, you know, fans, some really sweet items. Yeah. And so part of it, is it part of it? Cause I know when you did your, you did your, you, you signed a scarf. Uh, part of it was you, you had a video of you signing it. Is that a pretty stand? Is that part of the, it's not a requirement, but okay. So I I've actually been coaching high school soccer. Also, I've been yeah. coaching at SAS. I've got 19 jobs, but I've been coaching at uh, <laughs> Seattle Academy of arts and sciences. Um, Craig Tomlinson is the head coach and I'm the assistant coach. So a couple former sounders, sound, former USL sounder. Yep. Nine years for the, for the USL sounders. And uh, I'm following in his footsteps and we've got a couple seniors um, kind of working like a senior project with us, which has been really cool. And they had mentioned, Hey, you should absolutely sign the scarf because that's really cool. And I was like, I never even thought about doing a a video of me signing the scarf. Now it's not a requirement, 
But I think you got a great reaction that we can kind of give a template to guys saying, if you have this little action shot, like I think people would appreciate that. Like that's what I'm getting. Right. Yeah. I think I, as to me, you know, I don't know. I'm not necessarily a memorabilia guy, but to me, the memorabilia that I have a connection to is a lot of it is the experience of acquiring it. Right. And being able to like track or at the very least being able to verify that it happened the way that it, you know, like it happened. Right. The the way it said it happened is, you know, because a lot of times you get an item and you're like, yeah, I guess this is a like I have a like I'll tell you, I have a Brad Evans signed soccer ball that my yeah. uh, daughter got at a uh, at some some giveaway at somewhere. And I was sitting there. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is Brad Evans. And I think <laughs> I sent you a picture. Yeah, right. But I sent you a picture and I verified it. Yeah. But like just having the ball by itself is like, well, I don't you know, a lot of these signatures, you can't tell who's who. I can't tell you how many times people have come to me and said, I figured out half of these names, but I don't know who the other half are. Right. And so, but like, you know, being able to figure that out and being able to verify that it happened, I think is a really cool aspect of this that if I were you, I would encourage uh, everyone to do, because I think that that really enhances the, yeah the product. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, that's a great point. And um, you know, our, our platform does provide that direct influencers. even though I hate that word influencer, it's but a good catch all though. It is. It does. It, it does. It captures every single person I'm trying to talk about. So it, it really provides the influencer to fan uh, memorabilia experience. Yeah. Right. To be able to see it happen on their social channel is what makes it so special. Um, you know, and if we get into experiences, uh, being able to post whenever I want, like, hey, I've got I got my sounder schedule and I've got a weekend off. Okay. Well, what can I do that weekend? Oh, I got a buddy that's got a round of golf. Okay. Well, I'm going to set it up and say, Hey, whoever bids the most, we're going to play a foursome of golf and all the money's going to go to Seattle humane, right. Or right. Ray foundation, whatever it is. And sometimes it's not about these massive events, but if you have enough of these small little micro transactions, like sometimes that can make the biggest impact also. Yeah, no, I'll, Ultimately, we would love to get to the point where it's not just in Seattle, it's, it's beyond that. And, and we have a, you know, a, a national presence would be obviously my dream. Now that's years moving forward, but it's cool. It's been cool. So the use case for this, for the most part, sounds like it's, it's influencers or, you know, I'll use the term too, influencers who are have items that they would like to use towards charity essentially. And it get, and empowers them to kind of control the, the charity that they're giving to and the item that they're doing it and they're doing it on there. They, they can like have that one-to-one interaction with the winner. They're not yep. just handing it off to somebody and they're having a, an event and, and yep. they're. I mean, they're the it. events are great and there's so sure. many different ways to try and raise money. And I think that we're just adding to that. Right. But with a little bit more, of a connection of all those points of contact, right? In the past, Seattle Children says, we're having a gala. Can we get a jersey? Sure. I give it to the assistant equipment manager. Some lady guy comes, picks it up. And that's the last I ever see of it, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know who won it, how much it went for. Not that how much it went for really means that much, but But (laughs) it's kind of cool to see how much impact you're making. Right. Um, and on ours, you'll each player's profile will have a ticker of how much money they've raised. So maybe it becomes a little bit of that banter competition yeah. on our site too, which will be uh, cool. I like um, that. 
but yeah, just really allowing the, the influencer to have full control of where they donate to um, who's getting the Jersey and, and the causes that they care most about, I think is, is, is the coolest part. And so how many has the, has your auction been the only one that has gone live so far or are there? Yeah. I mean, others? Like I said, technology is crazy. And I didn't know, I knew nothing about technology heading into this. I still don't know anything, but I sit on meetings every single day at 7.30 with our development team and our uh, developers and they're talking code and I have no idea. I just try to say like, yeah, that that's a great idea. That looks cool. Or sometimes it's like, I really want to see this part be implemented into the platform, right? Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know what I don't know. So I'm learning on the fly about everything. And, and, you know, my job has been more mostly dealing with lawyers has been an absolute nightmare. I hope I'd never have to talk to another lawyer in my life, but just the back and forth and trying to learn their lingo also. And just, it just has not, that part has not been fun for me, but I've learned a lot about it. Um, and, and we're, we're at the point now where these things are rolled out in phases. Okay. In a real world, if we had, you know, a couple million bucks behind this, we could complete this thing and get it to perfect working order and then release it. Mm-hmm. But we're at a point where we need to test this and have this, here's a buzzword for you, MVP, minimum viable product and say, okay, well, what's working? What's not, where do we need to refocus our attention on? to make sure that this platform is as seamless as possible as we start to add these tasks moving forward. So first item went through, we had a small issue with a payment process. So now we're kind of back to the drawing board, figuring out what exactly went wrong so that when we do onboard other athletes, we're confident that the nonprofit's getting their money, we're getting the small percentage and everything is where it needs to be from an auction and payment standpoint, then we can start to rethink what do we want to add a buy it now button, or do we want to put this button over here to make it easier? Right? Like all these little things that we're always looking for feedback. Like I want that to be known. Absolutely. Like whatever you got for me, let me know. Cause I want to make it as best of experience for the influencers posting items, but also the people that are, you know, making bids. So where should people look for this? Where can they find it? Or can they find it I mean, yeah. yet? So it, our platform is a little bit different. Uh, our thought is that you are following the people you care most about on your social channels. So when an athlete musician creates their profile, um, they tie in their social media, their Facebook and Twitter. When they're done creating an auction, all they have to do is click share on Facebook, share on Twitter, and it'll automatically get blasted to their social channels. Mm-hmm. With Instagram, you can't get in there for whatever reason. So it'll give you a link and then that person will then go in and create something on their Instagram. So it's really pushed by the athlete social. So our landing page, it's not like an eBay where you would go and search someone's name. Um, because again, we think that if you care about Will Bruin, you're already following him and what he's saying, right? Will scores three goals after a game. The first thing I want him to do is post Hey, I just scored a hat trick in this Jersey and all the funds are going to this. Oh my God. I got to have that Jersey. Right. I don't care. Really don't care where the money goes to. I just got to have this Jersey. Right. Which is cool. Uh, So being that like really in the moment, emotional connection with these athletes and not having that like Google search, Will Bruin Jersey. Right. That's not really what our platform's about. Right. 
Yeah, I got to tell you, I, I like the idea of empowering athletes in lots of different ways, whether it be uh, in empowering them through controlling their own kind of media appearances to it. I actually am supportive of that. I think it's great that you've got ex players like you and Steve doing podcasts. I think that uh, creates a more uh, robust media environment. I think it's, it's great to hear athletes speaking on their own platforms, not yep. just having to be interviewed by someone else, but they can kind of drive the conversation that they want to do it. And I think this is another interesting way of doing that, that they can control like as someone who runs a, uh, a fundraising event, I, I think I'm actually excited. I think this is a, is a great thing for, for athletes to want to do it. it. It gets them in the mindset of thinking of a lot of these items that are just going to go into a bin in their, uh, in their apartment yeah. or their house or whatever, and get them out into people's hands and they can do some good and probably feel really good about themselves and start thinking of other things that they can do to, to raise yeah. money. Yeah. If it, if it can drum up interest and turn into a regular volunteering opportunity, like that's pretty cool too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, uh, Brad, I think it's cool that you are doing all this stuff. I have been blown away at the degree to which you seem to be saying yes to, to things. And uh, as someone who, who got to talk to you plenty of times during your playing days, it's, it's always nice to see you transitioning uh, like this and, and starting things, uh, and taking opportunities so um thanks man. congratulations on that and it's thank good you to see it's been um super fun a great learning experience and um i went from zero jobs to three jobs in like a month and a half right yeah it's been brutal yeah what how many hours a week you work in these days <laughs> i don't know man it's honestly with the high school job it's intermittent because it's not season now but uh, once that kicks up Again, in July, August, it's going to be madness, plus Sounders, plus trying to, you know, being the founder of this platform and, and try to make the biggest impact. Um, I hope none, I hope none of them fall to the wayside uh, because I really believe in all three of them and have been having a good time overall. Um, so hope to just continue to get help and, um, you know, build this thing as best we can and uh, try to make, no, like I said, try to make the biggest impact. So, I mean, we're on Instagram with Contrib, um, Twitter, and uh, Facebook will be up pretty shortly here. But we'll have some guys onboarded by next week. We're confident. And uh, Jordan will have really sweet item. Um, some really one-of-a-kind stuff that you probably wouldn't be able to get anywhere else from these guys. So, Yeah, cool. I would think it's especially cool for people to have their own foundations. foundations exactly. Like Jordan. and. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could go on eBay and do it, but it's like, ah, it's ugly. Yeah, exactly. That's no fun. That's <laughs> yeah. no fun. All right. Well, well, Brad, thanks for doing this. Uh, good to talk uh, all this stuff with you and good to catch up. And uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing plenty of you in the coming months and years and whoever knows, right? We'll be around. We'll be around. All right. Well, you're listening to the Sounder at Heart podcast. I'm Jeremiah Shan, and we will catch you next time.